Today's conversation is part two of our ongoing uh, discussion on aesthetics. Uh, last week's conversation began with Hannah Black's reaction to the Emmett Till painting in the 2017 Whitney Biennial, but, you know, jumped off from there as we often do. Uh, today, we continue the conversation specifically looking at the troubling intersection between beauty and violence and the things that titillate us and the things that provoke us and what may underlie that uh, and what it implies about the country uh, and what it uh, implies about our collective imaginations. Uh, and we hope you enjoy the discussion. Thanks for listening. I would want to make even a slightly stronger case about the Ahmad Arbery thing. Mm-hmm. Let's say he actually went into the house beforehand to steal something. Mm-hmm. He still should not be chased down the street and gunned down. And that, I mean, there are a lot of times, you know, a lot of incidents, a lot of racial incidents have mm-hmm. happened in the last five years that make the news and mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter movement, you know, comes out. And and I think a lot of them have been not poster, uh, poster-worthy examples of encounters mm-hmm. and conflicts. Mm-hmm. I think this one, it's so like hands down undeniably obvious that this kid would not be dead if he were white there's just no scenario under which these guys chase him down and shoot him it just Mm -hmm. wouldn't have happened um and so i think you know we'll see we'll see what the response is to this uh i mean sort of on in collectively i don't mean like whether they go to jail or this kind of stuff not that that's not important i'm sure that's actually important to the family i don't mean to dismiss that i'm sure the family wants uh when uh, any interviews i've seen like they want some kind of justice and so for them you know these these people going rightly so yes yeah and i totally agree they (laughs) i want them to go to jail but you know what what is the collective response as a culture you know how seriously Mm. do we take um do we take the the continued perception of threat that is provoked in the white mind by black bodies right i mean there's there is still there is it just it lives there you know like like mm. a gremlin in your closet like it just and we've done a lot of work around, it. and so this is where you know, I, this is where mm. I'm not just I'm not just echoing Hannah Black's position. This is something that I do. Uh, I, I don't is I'm not is not fully settled for me, and I know you know I know in conversations it's not settled for either one of you. Mm-hmm. Well, I just I want to uh, I want to I want to just jump in for, with a couple of examples for our listeners. I mean, I know you guys both know these, but mm-hmm. I just want to say because when you said Travis that some of these examples in the past few years have not been poster-worthy in the way that Ahmaud Arbery's case is. I just want to remind listeners of the shooting of Walter Scott in 2015 when the the man was running away from the police officer and he calmly stood there, shot mm-hmm. him in the back several times, and then told the story that he was that Walter Scott was resisting arrest and mm-hmm. and and so on and so forth. And in case y'all um, uh, had forgotten, the murder of Laquan McDonald, which took place the year before in Chicago, where, you know, the cops, Jace, uh, the Chicago police officer Jason Van Dyke went to prison for this, basically said that he was threatening them with a knife and then the video came out and, of course, he was walking away from them and they just unloaded on this child yeah. and murdered him. So, 
I want to say this is the one in the park. This is the one in the park. I, I don't. I don't think. No, not in the park. It's I think not the maybe, one in the park. No. No, That's I think you're Ohio. thinking of the one. Um, the 14 year old child who was playing Ohio. with the water gun. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my god, that one is heartbreaking. Um, yeah. Um, I want to say Rice, Stephen Rice, or Tamir Rice, like, Tamir, Tamir Rice, Rice. right? right. Mm-hmm. So there are plenty of these, and 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 um, that that just sort of buttresses your argument around the sort of fear and exoticization, systematic fear and fear of and exoticization of the black male body that we've been doing a lot of work around. Yes, and Hannah Black, I suppose, comes out of that. Those those gates, like just just saying, basically, let's not just erase, let's not just erase the kind of means of support for that kind of exoticization. Let's also just erase all the symbols that make mm. it possible, even mm-hmm. to imagine the black body under a quote-unquote white gaze. And I think that may be what she's getting at. I mean, she's, I think she's also, by calling for the destruction of the painting, wanting any and all symbols of our black bodies that are um, not constituted by black people. And I don't even know how you would police this, but whatever. Exactly. Uh, That's the word police. Mm -hmm. Right. How she wants to remove them all from any institutions of art. Like she basically wants to like control the ways in which these symbols proliferate throughout the culture. And I'm, and I feel like, but that you can't do that. The cat's already out of the bag. Isn't she? Uh, so, I, a, a couple of things. The reason I used the poster example, or the reason I, I said that, mm-hmm. is because I think it immediately becomes a more complex problem and situation once the police are involved. Mm. Um, and I don't mean that means, therefore, it was justified. No, I, I hear what you're all. saying. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. yeah I, was, I, I don't think you mean that, right? <laughs> no. I <laughs> know <laughs> um, you don't mean that. Yeah. yeah I, I, so, you know, the, 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 the ones that I think are so clearly emblematic of the persistent psychology uh, around black male threat mm-hmm. or, or the psychology that sees black male threat <laughs> is Ahmaud Arbery and then of course uh, Trayvon Martin right. I mean are, mm-hmm. are the most I mean are really just I mean these are, these are literally like people hanging out at home and thought I need to go shoot that black person right and so like right. I, I, I mean or I need to be prepared let me okay let me I need to be prepared to go shoot that black like, right. like that black man like that that right. at some base level that's the thinking process right. I need to take my gun right. and I need I might need to go shoot that Conscious black right. that, 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 that something yeah. something's right. a, something's afoot something's afoot right. yeah <laughs> right. like, this this black boy is running down the street let me like the father says to the son let's go get our guns and follow yeah. this motherfucker cuz you know he, we may have to use them on him because like, clearly yeah. he's not in his place. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. So that's that's what I mean about oh these God. being like right. sort of distilled, right. perfect, encapsulated yeah, yeah, yeah. examples yeah. Of, of what is a persistent uh, yeah. view. And yeah. what if we read Hannah 
as a product of that? And what right. if we read her argument as a product of that? Because right. isn't she essentially mimicking what white institutions have done? And these are the institutions that have helped shape her. And mm. so these... I know that you were going to come around to that. Go go ahead. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so, and that... And that and that controlling the flow of what gets shown and what doesn't get shown is precisely how white institutions have proliferated. Mm. And Hannah Black is just, she's, she is the, the better mimic of that. And mm. Dana Schutz is still holding on to this idea that these institutions can somehow transcend their, right. uh, mm -hmm. you know, their, their institutional history. Mm. Um, I mean, does that make Hannah's argument any more, um, at least not correct, but at least something? Uh, let me let me toss an analogy at it, but so I can I I think I can say this more succinctly. If we saw a child acting out it, like in in extreme ways in a school, mm -hmm. the first thing that we would think of is that there's something afoot at home. Mm -hmm. If yeah. we see an artist mm -hmm. who is fully ensconced in these mm -hmm. institutional dynamics mm -hmm. acting this way, mm. something is afoot at home. Mm. And and something something isn't right in Graceland. Mm. And, and and yeah. yeah. And, and that's an interesting that's an interesting, intriguing proposition. Yeah. I mean that makes actually makes me want to be a little bit more generous in my reading. But I mean, I, I think that the cynical person listening to this conversation will say, oh, great. So the only way for you to get to generosity with Hannah Black is to be paternalistic, right? It's to, it's to, like, it's to, like, it's like to feel sorry for her, essentially, <laughs> right. right? And that doesn't do her or you any favors. <laughs> exactly. Nah, absolutely fucking not. E no, exactly. absolutely not. <laughs> exactly. So I want to so no. say no. I want to say no. I'm still sticking to my guns that part of the problem is that our country is so crazy, is so fucked up around the issue of race mm -hmm. that it engenders crazy in us. And then we come to the table with crazy. And the best of us are like, well, there's something in what she's saying because this shit is so crazy. And I want to say no, but that's not good enough. Show up with a well-reasoned argument. Show up with a political plan. Show up with some... Well, she's got a plan. Burn it. Well, right. <laughs> no. She's got a plan. <laughs> right, right. We can burn the motherfucker down, you know. Right. So. <laughs> and, you know. She's like Tyler Durden of, like, the art But it's not, a, it's not a system. It's just an institution. It's just a painting. It's what it Precisely. represents, obviously. And yeah. so yeah. I definitely agree with the show up with a political plan. And then that little part of me went, oh, I don't know. Are you asking too much? Because <laughs> there's some people who were built to... To tear things down, or people right. there to build things up, and they're healers, right. and they're, they're different roles, right? right? And some, right, right. the best of us can only inhabit one, I think, if that, you know, when it comes yeah. to this kind of institution building. So I hear you, and I think my role, and I think I, I kind of knew this intuitively back in my twenties. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my role really is a kind of translator. Like I, okay, I want to mm -hmm. translate from one camp to the other. Um, what is happening, what they mean by what they say, and mm. and to use that to actually cobble together some kind of sense, mm -hmm. some kind of a hopeful sense for the future. Like, we mm. can get to this, like, if nothing else, we can agree on, for example, 
we're all fucking voting for Biden in November. Got like, an absentee we, ballot right here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. we can even just start there. Like we are doing that at the very least, right? Like, and we can have the arguments about how ridiculous Biden is and how problematic he is and la la la. But like, I still, you know, it's not a political point. I still just don't get. The, the virulent reaction against Biden. Like, oh. I, what what do we want from the presidency? Like, the presidency, you could elect the most persuasive, mm. smooth-talking, progressive motherfucker ever in the history of the world, and that still would not change the country. Right. Like, immediately. What you need, not immediately. Yeah, incrementally, like, possibly. You, you, Absolutely. You, no, you need legislators for that. No, you, you need, need people you need in Senate. Congress. No, but you, you need, but yes, you're, you need but you're slamming it down before the <laughs> thing even gets started. You know, and that's the no, only issue no, I have I, with people no, when they say Bernie I'm can't saying, get in and do something. I'm like, let him try, please. Come. No, I'm, you saying, do. I'm saying that the plumbing is ruined and you want a new sink. Right. Fair and enough. So like, Fair I'm, enough. I'm saying that right. the, the sink is nice and it's shiny and it, it has a cool name and is not a white man, but it still can't change the system. Right. What, but, in order to do that, you need... You'd be more plumber? progressive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, you need to change the plumbing is what I'm saying. Right. I get it, but then we're still like <sighs> I wanted to say something uh, about trap I mean about stuff really quickly about being a mediator or a translator very quickly mm, before we go mm, to that. And mm, that is no, no, no. as we a translator, just keep going. <laughs> I wanted to wanted to to suggest or even think about a translator means for me someone who's self-aware. Right mm -hmm. about his, her, or their um, kind of sensibilities. Mm -hmm. And when mm -hmm. earlier you answered my question when you were saying that you know you're looking for a better world, but what mm -hmm. does that better world look like? And who mm -hmm. do, who gets to live in the better world? And mm -hmm. I'm assuming because I know you that mm -hmm. all of us get to live in a better world, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I was just thinking about what translators do because I consider myself more of a memory work person in the sense that I'm here mm -hmm. to help people tell their stories, archive their stories, do genealogy work, and that kind of thing. That's the role that I take. And I'm really hyper aware of what, what, where those stories go, what they mean to people, and how stories really are one of the only things that we really have in terms of being able to translate good information mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. who we think we are and what we'd mm -hmm. like to be, right? Mm -hmm, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. not your turn, Travis. Now, you can say, the reason why I do this is because I think the world would be better because I am this kind of person. I'm a historian, philosopher, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, so what what I will do instead is, is say. I'm not even gonna tell me what to do, Steve. My podcast. <laughs> Listen. Hey, twist that shit. Hey, hey, hey! Whoa, whoa! You're like me, yo. It's your house it is is ask. You know, if I can try and pull it back to aesthetics, mm -hmm. which I don't think we've wandered very far from, mm. um, is why what are the criteria by which we are deciding what should you mentioned archives what should be preserved mm -hmm. mm. um and what are the criteria by which we decide what should be shown mm. what should be looked at mm. what should be admired mm -hmm. um, i mean these these are all things around what i think is essentially what is the beautiful. Yeah. Right? I mean, we, we, we want to look at an experience and touch and, and feel and engage with and be enveloped by and envelop, right? We have a variety of responses to them. Mm -hmm. the, the, what's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, power ends up coming into that 
at the at the base level, mm-hmm. right? It's not like this. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a mistake that I think a lot of mm-hmm. uh, honestly people that are you know kind of in a, a firmly postmodern or Foucauldian light is is like power is constitutive of that, and that that doesn't spoil it. Mm-hmm. That's just what it means to be in a body mm-hmm. in in, mm-hmm. in a contested world, mm-hmm. and so you know what you know when we're talking about. Hannah Black, and we're talking about Schutz, and we're talking about Emmett Till and the painting, and and all of these other things, and what it means to you know the threat of of the black male body. What do we make of the fact that black male bodies are also iconically fetishized and 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 beautiful to the mm. culture? Like what? Where that Venn diagram of mm. let me grab the gun and and show this this black man that he doesn't belong here mm. uh, or or be prepared to prote- uh, prepared to protect what's mine mm. and the cultures um i mean Seth, i know this is something that you are intimately familiar with i mean this is your a lot of your mfa work mm. and the photography that mm. you took were around mm-hmm. black male bodies mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and i mean in 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 aspects of them the feet and mm-hmm. things like this and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know as a culture, we make a lot of space for that, mm. right? We make, I mean, it is something that that has very comfortably set itself up in our imaginations mm-hmm. alongside mm-hmm. the violence and threat that we feel. Mm. Mm. Just question mark. I mean, what yeah. do we make of that? Like, what what yeah. do we do? What do we do with that? That's fascinating. Like, yeah. It's a know, great question. Great and question. the first thing that came to my mind was, what were those three white men thinking? We assume that you get out of here, nigger. We, we assume that, but we really don't know because if, mm. if, the, if the, the the beauty question and the object and the the whatever is going into someone, we may it's more than likely we will never know because mm. now there's a case and now there is a defense and now there is all this stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. wow, what would have would have been an amazing sort of exploration of what were you feeling when you saw this guy? Did you see him before? Like, you know, where were where was your mind? What was it that you saw that was so different from you? I mean, were they sexually titillated? Exactly. You know, these kinds of things. Mm. I was going to get to that. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I mean, was that yeah. like, and, I mean, what else provokes that kind of They couldn't get their dicks up anymore. Passion. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Right? No, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, so, it's, it's, it's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the example that comes to mind is, I don't remember. I think, no, no, I do remember now. It's the opening sequence to the movie Friday Night Lights. Not the mm. television series, but the, mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. There's a long intro sequence where I think they have the camera in a vehicle and it's move, moving uh, down a Texas highway. And so you're seeing storefronts and, and then into, into the town. So you're seeing storefronts and, and then residential um, uh, houses and uh, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then I think it ends up in front of the t- the camera ends up in front of the TV and they're, and they're showing a, 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 a televised game, and they're in they're in the house with a family and there's a white woman on the couch, and there's sort of you're sort of vaguely seeing the action on the TV, mm-hmm. and you hear something like um, whistle on the play, blah 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 blah, blah eyes down, and the white woman says, "You can't hurt that nigger." And I stuck with me mm. because there is something in that, right? That's like, 
Mm-hmm. They're sitting around, and this is what families mm-hmm. in America do, right? They sit around and yep. they watch black yep. men's yep. bodies yep. and yep. they comment yep. on them. And mm-hmm. some women think these bodies are indestructible. Like, mm-hmm. feel less pain. Right. Like, it's, 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 <laughs> right. it's right. astonishing right. to me. Right. It is, I mean, right. and it is a question for me, Travis. Like, what, like, how is it that a culture can produce those two men chasing down a black man? Mm. Who's seemingly not in this place, and then go back home, and on Sunday, maybe not them, but you know, people around them, people who look like them, people who go to the same church or go to the same school or work in the same place, will spend hours around a television set watching these black men move and and are utterly fascinated by mm. their bodies. So much so that they'll buy their jerseys, they'll buy their the 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 logos on the on the their shoes, on the sh- their cologne, <sighs> Every, the, you know, everything, right? Mm-hmm. To be closer to these bodies in some symbolic way. So that is mm-hmm. that's some mm. weird shit. This is I I I don't I don't know. It's, I, it's I think there's a train leaving for about 500 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> and I think you guys should get yourselves a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Might get a few of those answers. I don't know. <laughs> a, little, a little closer. A little closer. Uh, yeah, but. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, so what is, if that, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, and we've we've touched up upon this in, in other podcasts around this idea of, you know, like we, we have acknowledged, you know, very clearly the role of blackness, whiteness in the formation of the American identity historically and leading up to the contemporary movement, moment. Mm-hmm. And if we just add, you know, the additional dimension that it has a religious element mm. as well, mm. Um, mm. what is what's typically thought of as a really, you know, the the things that we fetishize, the things that appear magical, you know, can you know, you can't really imagine it would be difficult to call something Christian still that completely ignored or disavowed Christ as mm. an idea. Whether whether it's a historical Christ, a spiritual Christ, a cosmic Christ, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You got to have, you got to be somewhere. It's got to be there. Right? Mm-hmm. There's got to be this little element, even though that element is mercurial and not easily. You can't put your finger on it. Mm-hmm. I hope this is not the case, but but what if for America it is the black male body? Like what if what if the stuff out of which America emerges and mm-hmm. this sort of the the open fields and the possibility are anchored by this twisted, weird, mm. macabre fascination and titillation that surrounds the black male body. And we can't undo it. Like, mm. we, you know, what if, what, what if we can't, and what if, what if no matter how many black people are enfranchised and how much money we put into, you know, NGOs mm-hmm. and, and all of the well-intentioned affirmative action, Effective socially. Mm-hmm. What if we can't undo that fetishization? How do we stop the violence? Mm. It seems to me that you have to you have to stop fetishizing the thing that is that is provoking is provoking the violence then, in order to end that. Then you've got to recognize that you're fetishizing it. I think yeah, that's the right. first step, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. For I mean, sure. that's baby steps. That's one on one, right? Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. cop to that, and, ha- and that's a lot of shame and humility, I think, or a lot of, mm. you know, you're not supposed to talk about that kind of thing. That's an interesting mm-hmm. question, though. 
That's an interesting question. I can't answer that. <laughs> I'm just too. It's a tough one. Too young in this young in this universe to even think about the um, what friends of mine have been talking about for years that America will never change. So, so there's a scene in Invisible Man where uh, the main character talks about how this particular. I think he works. Doesn't he work in like a like a a paint factory or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, right. he works in the paint factory. Mm-hmm. And um, and he talks about how the they make the whitest white paint. And you know how mm-hmm. they do it is they have that black mm. man who's like, I think he's described as like really like super dark, like 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 dark to the you point you don't even see him. You don't yeah. even see him, right? They make the whitest paint by him sticking his finger in it close it's a drop of black paint oh it's a single drop okay. of black paint that makes the whitest white oh. he gets he gets behind okay. the scenes to see like how do they make their i forget the name of the companies but they're like uh-huh. they're super ultra white formula <laughs> right, right, paint. Right. like what's the secret ingredient right. and the secret ingredient is a tiny drop of black paint Ooh. right that's what makes the whitest white. i mean it's like such a powerful right scene. that I, is I, the, yeah, the one drop rule. Poetically rendered. Yeah, I mean, but that uh-huh. goes, but that yeah. goes to the story you're telling, right, Travis? That, that mm. this idea that at the center of the U.S. American mythology of uh, a kind of endlessly contested world that is that God has sort of delivered to mm. white people to to control and to manage. And that there's always these sort of open, there's always a kind of just beyond your sight, your your immediate um, vision, a kind of land of plenty, just waiting for you mm-hmm. to get there and exploit it. Just above, and, and just, just over there. Yeah, just over the top, just over the crest of the hill. <laughs> um, I wish you guys could see Stevens mimicking of the teenage like, Right. Yeah. And 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 that in that social order, you know, men are, are rightfully at the top and women are beneath them and mm-hmm. um, and there's this sort of you know, discreet uh, 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 what do you call it? Nuclear family. Like, that vision if that vision, all that mythology is like premised upon a particular black body that's out of the, out of sight, right? That is like making all of that kind of possible. I don't know. I don't know what you do to undo all that. I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I, you know, the, the one thing that complicate, I mean, there are many things that complicate it, but one is that, you know, because of the way the American system is set up and, and the flexibility of capitalism mm-hmm. to adopt and co-opt ideas that the culture it inhabits might find volatile mm-hmm. is that you've got a lot of black moneyed interests now right. that are invested in protecting the fetishization of the black body. I yeah, mean, yeah. this is Michael you know, Jordan is a billionaire. He's yeah, a yeah, billionaire. Right. right. And, and and with a B, and yeah, right, right, and, uh, and you know, I'm all, f- I'm, you know, I, I'm not for, in, in you know, uh, economic disparity, but I am all for non-standard paths to success, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. Like being coming an accountant and a lawyer for a Fortune 500 firm or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't know what the path to undoing that is. Mm. I don't know how that, I don't know what that, it may just time, you know, I don't mean to say that flippantly, but, you know, maybe 200 years from now, if the United States persists, it'll look different um, as mm. far as what has taken up a, a spot, the, the central place in its imagination. Mm -hmm. But it does seem unavoidable to me that you need it. There has to be something there at the center. Mm. There has to be whatever that drop of paint is. Mm. There has to be something there that makes makes the whole thing go. Mm. Um, and I feel like right now it's blackmail bodies. And I think what Stephen had said exactly. I mean, in and sort of led to that line of questioning. Like, what were they thinking in that moment? Like, when you saw when they saw those, but like, what what was the sort of the cocktail mm -hmm. of ideology and potency? Mm -hmm and titillation mm -hmm. that, that led these men to grab their guns. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, and, and not to go left field with it necessarily, but what if they weren't even thinking about his race at all? We'll hmm, never know. Right. Hmm. Yeah. All these questions yeah. that are, you know, they, they, they're dissolved in the smoke of all the stuff that's happening now, you know, mm -hmm. or not even really considered, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, or be, would be taken seriously. So they're just... But, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I can't, it's so hard for me to imagine mm -hmm. living someplace, seeing someone running down the street and thinking, I need to go <laughs> regulate this person's behavior, right? Like, I need to, like, whatever they are doing. Regulators! <laughs> bound up. <laughs> like, like, they yeah. shouldn't be doing this. Like, right. what the fuck? Like, I don't understand that. So there's a... Um, there, you've, I'm sure you both heard it. It's like, here are $2. Go get yourself some business. <laughs> Stay out of my business. But if the business is the black body, if the business is the black body, no matter if it's male, female, or trans, or whatever, no matter right. what, that is your business. Mm. Mm. That yeah. is the regulator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good so, um, I think we'll close on, on Stephen's apt observation. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, thank you very much, Stephen and Seth, for the conversation. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Seth. Thank it's you. been wonderful. And yeah, um, have a good day. Great. Yeah, Take care. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>